This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, November 2nd, yep, we're in November, and BYU's ranked. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man leading the petition for Zach Wilson to stay at BYU for another year, Jerem Jordan. Well, that would be someone else because Zach Wilson is not going to come back for next year. At this rate, there's no way. But there's a man at BYU underscore fanatic who tweeted the other day, share this petition I made for Zach Wilson to stay another year at BYU and beat Utah. So people can sign this petition to have Zach come back and try and beat Utah, right? Um, At this point, 13 whole people have signed up. So I don't think it's really gaining the grassroots organic momentum they were hoping for because it's unrealistic. But what about the publicity it just received? Could it get 13 more signatures? Doubled it! (laughs) 26, yeah. Uh, Listen, people, Zach ain't coming back for next year. He's having way too good of a year. Slash, he's not here to take humanities classes. He's here to throw touchdown passes. And he's doing it really, How really well. How many athletes are at BYU to take humanities? The majority of the students here are here to take classes and play sports for fun, and then they're done. In fact, like 99% probably, right? That's not who wants to, but that's who will. Zach Wilson is certainly unique, and this season is certainly unique in what he's doing. In fact, we'll ask ESPN's Trevor Maddich, like, how unique is this? How, how special is this season for Zach Wilson? And guess what? If Zach Wilson leaves early... It's okay. Sorry, when? When? You, it's okay. You mean when? I will support him in whatever he decides is best for him. I will also support today's show lineup because it is loaded. Jerem Jordan just mentioned ESPN's Trevor Maddich is joining the show. Where does BYU sit outside his college football playoff top four right now? And if not feasible for BYU to make the playoff now, then when? Plus, BYU at Boise State, a top 25 showdown on the blue this will mark the biggest BYU game since? You tell us. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. And we'll tell you. Number 11, BYU beat Western Kentucky 41-10, led by four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing from Zacharias F. Wilson. Tyler Algier had 95 yards rushing, a touchdown. Uh, and Dax Milne led the team with five grabs for 67 and a touchdown. I want Tyler Algier. He's had two games where he's had 93 and 95. Let's get this guy over 100. Because he would have four 100-yard games. Blame it on Sione B now. I I blame it on BYU being up by too much at the end. BYU football jumps into the AP Top 10 for the first time since 2009 with the Cougars' current rank of number nine, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. For those counting, it's been exactly... 4,061 days mm-hmm. since BYU has enjoyed this high of a ranking in the AP poll. Boise State up to number 21 as well. Friday night's game will be the Broncos' highest-ranked opponent on the blue ever. That's crazy. Number 9 versus number 21. So that's kind of a two-for-one stat of the day right there. Absolutely. Many stats of the days coming up. ESPN's top two bowl game projectors have both BYU 
in a New Year's Six game, specifically in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon or USC. The Fiesta Bowl set for January 2nd. So, listen, I don't care what New Year's Six it is. There's only certain ones that will have at-large teams. They have conference ties. But uh, the Fiesta Bowl would be incredible because for a long, long time, BYU's wanted to play in the Fiesta Bowl besides its 1974 appearance, which was the first bowl game ever for BYU. Listen to this. The 2020 Outland Trophy watch list given annually to the nation's top interior linemen tweeted out an apology to BYU junior left tackle Brady Christensen. Quote, Brady Christensen, excuse us for any oversight. You are on the 2020 Outland Trophy watch list. By the way, is that a picture of you surfing on your Twitter page? End it's, quote. It's not. He's wakeboarding. <laughs> yes. There's a difference. <laughs> but all good. The original 85-man list, uh, yeah, didn't include him. He's on there now, Jerem. And highlights from Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams, nice day. Uh, 102 total yards on 22 touches. But Packers lost to the Vikings, 28-22. Dirty Dan, Daniel Sorensen, nine tackles to lead the Chiefs, beat the Jets. That's what everyone does. KBN and the Dolphins, nine tackles, two pass breakups, fumble recovery. Just a uh, regular Sunday for KBN. It's a Kyle Van Noy day. Then Taysom Hill, two catches, 20 yards, touchdown, five rushes, 35 yards. Saints OT win over Dub Bears. And uh, Fred uh, Warner had four tackles. Uh, got hurt in the game, but stayed in the game. And he lost to, to my Seahawks, who are 6-1, and 7-1. and one. I lose track. There's so many wins. Are the Seahawks the favorite to come out of the NFC? I would think so. They're up on, by multiple games on everybody. Have they Cardinals figured, have two losses, right? They figured yeah. something out on defense. Yeah, Cardinals uh, only loss, uh, or only the Seahawks only losses to the Cardinals in OT. Yeah. Mm. All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. We all hoped that it would come to this, and here we are. BYU number nine in the country. Nine has come, Jerem. How about that? And uh, number ten which was told was uh, on the way as well from a certain fan base, also happened last week. Well, let's see what happens. (laughs) The Cougars take on number 21, Boise State. Top 25 showdown on the blue. BYU's never beaten the Broncos in Boise. So this would mark, with everything on the line, the biggest game for BYU football since when? It's a good question because there have been big games. You could say, oh, 09 Oklahoma and... Uh, 08 uh, TCU and BYU didn't win certain games like Florida State 09 as well. BYU didn't win some of those games, or they did and didn't lead to anything that was beyond like a two loss season. So we don't think about those per se. But that, I mean, you could literally tell me anything besides winning the national championship and a non game thing, winning the Heisman. By the way, those are the two biggest moments in BYU history. One of those happens to be tied to a game that BYU had to win, say, every one in 84. You could say the Holiday Bowl in 84. If you told me biggest game since Cotton Bowl, I'll nod my head and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since 09 Oklahoma, yeah, 84, yeah. Like, I I think because of what this game could mean, if BYU wins it, goes undefeated, goes to a New Year's Six, you could argue this is, you know, we'll put this up there with one of the greatest BYU football seasons of all time. It won't be the number one. BYU's not going to win the national championship. But... It could be argued that it could be number two. So I'll go for literally any answer besides winning the national championship and and Ty Detmer winning the Heisman. I'm thinking about the last time this type of pressure was on BYU specifically to win a game against a team that is ranked yet ranked lower than BYU. And I go all the way back to 
to the 1996 WAC championship game in Las Vegas. BYU was number six. Wyoming was number 20. This is back in the 16-team WAC, which uh, just the worst. didn't work very well. Yeah. But BYU had to win this game to put themselves in contention for what they hoped at the time was a Bowl Alliance invitation. And if not a Bowl Alliance invite, a big-time bowl game. BYU needed to validate itself against a top-25 team that was ranked late in the season. I know they beat Texas A&M. I'm on the, the field season. right there, like in the front row I'm running on. My first trip to Las Vegas ever was that trip. Nice. And you've never been back since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of times. For work or otherwise. <laughs> BYU at number six, Wyoming number 20. To me, this feels like that, where it's like, okay, BYU is going to be a slight favorite in this game. We expect them to do something that they haven't done in Boise. The, the expectation is for BYU to go and win this game and maintain the trajectory for the New Year's Six. This, to me, feels like the last time BYU was really in the running for a New Year's Six game this late in the season. Because BYU against TCU in 2009, it wasn't quite that late. And BYU had already lost the game to Florida State. Yeah, and, and game day was here, so they thought it was a big deal. That that was a massive game, but BYU doesn't compete well in that game, right? Gets gets. They were the underdog them. in that game. Yeah, and they should have been. TCU was ranked eighth. Absolutely. Yeah. BYU is the favorite here. So yeah, I go back to ninety six, and then when BYU gets the invite to the Cotton Bowl after they beat Wyoming dramatically in overtime at Sam Boyne Stadium, then the pressure is okay. Well, you beat Wyoming, but can you beat one of the big boys? Right. The newly formed Big Twelve. Can you beat Kansas State? And it's in a co- de facto road game at the Cotton Bowl. Right. The Cotton Bowl is not included in the Bowl Alliance. BYU didn't get in. They were on the outside, yet Kansas State was a, what, top 20 team, top 15 team at the time. So that was a validating win. I'm hoping that's what BYU has is they don't they, – they play Boise State, and this is a validating win that would get BYU into a New Year's Six potentially. And then BYU would have to prove itself against a big boy. And by a big boy, we're talking probably about a Power 5 at-large team, right? Unless BYU plays Cincinnati or something in Fiesta. We'll just kind of see what happens. Look at Chad Lewis, the original Mason Wake, right? I'm interested to see what happens here because BYU is certainly good. We don't exactly know how good. They have taken care of business. They have defeated every team on the schedule so far. And by the way, I believe that Boise State, if they had played the same schedule BYU played, that that Boise State would be 7-0 ranked ninth. So just because they're ranked differently doesn't mean BYU is a better team. In fact, I think Boise State is as good as BYU based on the two games. It's just low volume. And they're Boise State, dude. This is, they win. They win a ton. Remember last year, they lost two games. The first one was in Provo, and then they lost the bowl game. Was it to Washington? I, th- I think they got blown out by Washington. So Boise State's good, man. And they had some notable injuries, which we'll address. A home underdog. Weird. Does not happen very often. Okay. Uh, and to your point, Jerem, a lot of great options coming in. Hashtag BYUSN if you want to join that conversation. Okay, with no team activities allowed this Tuesday for Election Day, and BYU's choosing not to practice on Sunday. It's a short week of prep for Boise State on Friday. How will this affect the game? I'm with Kalani Satake and what he told me on Saturday night after the game against Western Kentucky. In fact, let's go ahead and listen to what Kalani said to uh, me that night. I just want to get back and and, and get these things fixed because it's a short week. Um, And, and, you know, we we have NCAA doesn't allow us to do anything on Tuesday, so it's even shorter, and we don't do anything on Sunday, so... 
a lot of the work's going to have to be done in, in, a, in a short amount of time. I know that both BYU and Boise State have applied for a waiver from the NCAA. Do you expect to get that extra practice day back No, we got denied day? our waiver, but that's okay. I mean, we, you know, I understand why they're doing it, but uh, I think right now we're, we're way past midseason form, so we should be ready, and, and uh, we'll try to install as much as we can on Monday and then capitalize and make sure we, we utilize our time the right way on Wednesday. BYU's way past midseason form. They have played seven games. Boise State has only played two. To me, you can't use it as an excuse to have one less day or one fewer day than Boise State to prepare for this game. Yeah, no, it's, I feel like BYU is going to be just fine. And the instructions, trust me, have gone out to spend extra time reviewing film, make sure that you're right mentally because BYU doesn't practice on Sunday. And that's team organized, by the way. Right. The players could say they can have a player we're run practicing practice. Tuesday. Correct. Yeah. The players can have a player run practice. You think BYU knows how to do a player run practice based on the fact that they were in Provo together since June 13th? I would hope every college football team can do this. I this, don't think BYU is special in that way. No, but other college football teams didn't even have the option to do that. Right, but previous seasons, every team has. BYU has a head start on most college football teams. They, they do. That, that's why they're where they are now. <laughs> quite literally, in the rankings, schedule, all that stuff. They played more games. So, no, I, I don't think this will have much of an impact. Boise has one more day of official team practice in BYU. It, really, it shouldn't make a difference based on where BYU is in their season and where Boise State is in their season. Yeah, you'd hope that BYU would show up. And, listen, we hear all the time about the maturation of BYU and the uh, older whatever. Well, if that's actually the case, then this is where it shows up yes. the most where BYU will prepare well for this game. Now, the only tricky thing is Boise State uses a lot of pre-snap shifting that is complicated for a defense to prepare for. Uh, last year, BYU handled it really well. Really well. Baylor Romney wins that game. Sione Fina wins that game. Like Some of BYU's backups won that game against a really good Boise State. They were number 14 at the time. Not too far off what the kind of BYU is now. So hopefully BYU will continue to do what it does and be ready. Tuesday, I'll be shocked if the players don't hold some kind of practice themselves. Didn't most people get a ballot anyway in the mail? So, like, going – I'm glad the NCAA is doing this, but when you look and you go, oh, it's on a short weekend, it's the road, and it's one – hopefully BYU's ready to go. If they're not early, we will think back to that moment, but hopefully it doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't see much of an impact, and uh, the players, (laughs) they'll find a way. They will find a way, even if it can't be an official team activity. Yeah. Yes. This is this is this is what BYU this, does. This is this is this is the way. They are built that way. This Our question the way. of the day. Speaking of the matchup, number nine against number twenty-one, BYU Boise State is the biggest game for BYU football since when? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation at Y for Life nineteen eighty four answers on Twitter. One could argue the biggest game since the 1984 season. Not only is a New Year's Six bowl game at stake, but a great future could be. An undefeated season could help swing recruits and get BYU into a Power 5 conference in the near future. A loss? BYU and Wilson lose national spotlight. Game is big. Very big. By the way, BYU Equipment tweeted out the uh, uni this week. It's white on white with Royal. Yeah, baby. So the first repeat of the season. So it'll be white on white on blue on blue. That's fun. Coming up, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the big game in Boise this Friday and where BYU stands in his ring. And what is the biggest obstacle, obstacle rather, for BYU to make the college football playoff? Yep, it's getting closer. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. One new offensive coordinator and special teams coordinator Ed Lamb and Jeff Grimes have to say about the top 25 matchup in Idaho this Friday. Coordinator's Corner on deck after us on the BYU app at 1 Eastern, a short week as we mentioned in preparation. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Earlier this morning, Jerem had a chance to speak with ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst, BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday College Football Playoff, New Year's Six, all of the above discussed. Okay, Trevor, BYU beats Western Kentucky 41-10. Second half, not ideal. Any concerns about how that went, or is that water under the bridge? Well, it's water under the bridge, and the concerns I don't have, Jeremy, unless it is something that is repeatable. The reason that happened, first of all, Western Kentucky stopped making mistakes. But then BYU kind of slipped, I think, a little bit in terms of their energy and focus, as you will when you are so dominant in the first half. And as long as it's one of those things that the coaches can kind of grab them and shake them and get them focused again, then it'll be just fine. You played in a lot of those games in the 80s where you guys were – a top 10 team and you were supposed to beat up on an opponent. Perhaps you didn't perform at the A level, but you kind of moved on from there. How did you guys approach that when you were trying to get better against a standard that you set yourself? We always played up to the level of our ability. I don't remember a single game where we said, yeah, they're not very good. Even though we played some teams that weren't very good and we played some that were better than people knew. And that was the reason for a lot of those scores that, that were a little closer later in the game than people thought. But I think the best teams play up to their level and they don't play down to the level of their opponent plus a few points kind of a thing. That's the way this BYU team has been. And so that's why if they have a half a football or really even just a quarter of football where for a few series, things don't go their way and you know, they, they aren't quite where they want to be mentally and physically uh, that's okay. If that happens a lot, then you would have a sign of a team that's not mentally disciplined, but this BYU team has shown all year that it is excessively mentally disciplined. They had a slip-up. That's okay. And it didn't hurt them in the polls. People look at that, especially when it's a game that starts at 10-20 Eastern, and they go, oh, BYU won by 31, and how many touchdowns did Zach Wilson have? Oh, he had four. Okay, another dominating win. And BYU goes from 11 to 9. BYU's into the top 10, Trevor. This is a special season, no doubt. And now they match up with number 21, Boise State, and we talked about it. Listen, this is as big of a game as BYU's played in a long time. What do you think? Yeah, it's a huge game. Because this is one of those games that remain, this and probably San Diego State, as long as they don't slip up elsewhere, and assuming they don't add a game, which they might. This is the game we point to is the one that will tell the, the national pollsters, the New Year's Six Bowl people, the playoff committee, that BYU really is as good as they've been playing. A lot of times it's hard to tell how good a team is if they're physically better than the opponents that they play. Because if you're just a couple steps ahead, bam, it's 80 yards, you're gone. Whereas if it's a fair fight, now you're grinding it out. And so this is much a fair fight, more than a fair fight. Boise State looks like they are who we thought they were going to be coming into this season. I mean, they're ranked number 21 after a couple of games. Uh, They won a tough game against Air Force with some COVID issues. I mean, this is a Boise State team that is nationally respected. And if BYU is able to go out and win, they don't have to win in a dominant fashion, but if they can go and win this game, bring it home, it will tell people nationally, especially the playoff committee who gets to decide who goes to the New Year's Six, that BYU is not just a big bully in a small field, but rather they're a big bully, period. 
and that gives them a lot of juice when it comes to the final committee rankings. Absolutely. And and I said it earlier, if Boise State was 7-0, and I think they'd be in the same position BYU's in uh, at number nine. I really do. And if BYU was 2-0 with those two wins, I don't think they'd be ranked. So, But here we sit with, with two top 20 teams. BYU's the highest-ranked team to ever visit Boise, yet have number one there. And here Zach Wilson is on the revenge tour. Two years ago as a freshman, led BYU on a drive that could have been the game winner, took a sack, didn't throw it away, and BYU loses there. What kind of motivation do you think he has, and BYU, frankly, to make sure they win, not just for what's happened the previous five meetings and two years ago, but because of the stakes? Yeah, I don't know that they're really thinking about how hard it is to win at Boise. I really think they're thinking about what they're doing this year. From Zach Wilson's standpoint, I mean, he's on a Heisman run. He's on a Heisman run. He's putting together a season that will be seen as among the greats of all the great BYU quarterbacks, Jim McMahon, Mark Wilson, Steve Young, you know, go back to Gifford Nielsen, Gary Scheide, Steve Sarkeesian, Ty Detmer, keep on going. Robbie Bosco, national championship. This season that Zach Wilson is putting together, if he continues it, and if the team continues to rally around him, will be seen as a peer of those greatest seasons. And I don't think that what's happened in the past at Boise State is going to be on his mind. For the rest of them, I think they're fully aware of what the stakes are here. They've had a party, and we've seen the dancing on the sideline for most of the games this year. This, this will not be a party. This will be a fight, a hard fight. And the team that wins will come out battered and bruised because both sides are physical. Both sides have playmakers. Both sides have motivation. And both sides are respected for all the right reasons. So I don't know that BYU would be thinking in the past. And really, I don't know that they're thinking in the future in terms of Heisman race and things like that. I think they're thinking that all of their goals ride on this game. And that means, like we've talked about in the past, all of their goals ride not on the game. That's too vague. Not on this series. That's too vague. All their goals ride on this play that's next. And that's great perspective. And you look at the preparation involved for this game, Trevor. This is unique. Obviously, a short week and Friday. And Boise is not far away, but it's still on the road. The NCAA said, listen, no teams in any sport on Election Day can hold formal team-organized practices. BYU chooses not to practice or do anything on Sunday. So today is a prep day. Wednesday is a prep day. And then Thursday they travel and they play Friday. What impact do you think that will have on the game? You know, I, I don't know that it will have that much impact on BYU. It might have a little more impact on Boise State because BYU has a lot more games under their belt this year so far. Boise State has two. And so they're still putting together their chemistry. They're still getting their legs underneath them to a degree. And losing a a day of practice for them, I think, would matter a lot more than BYU losing a day of practice. We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich, former Cougar, NFL player as well. Trevor, uh, the line has swung by four. Originally, Boise State was a home favorite. Now BYU is the favorite, which is pretty interesting going in there. What do you think of the swing of that line? Well, the swing of that line, I think, goes to what the public thinks about BYU as a football team because the line, the way this works, I'm told by people who know more about it than me, is set in order to get 50% of the wagers on both sides. That's what they really want. And that way, the books make money by taking the VIG. They take the, you know, their commission in between. And so if a lot of people are betting on Boise State, then you know, what they want to do is change the point spread to get more people incentivized to bet on BYU. That's the way that it works. But what it means because of the way the line moved, like you said, is that more people 
are saying, yeah, this BYU team is for real. This BYU team can and I believe will beat Boise State. So that's sort of the, the wisdom of the masses that right now is on, on BYU's side. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. Then I want to ask you about adding a game or not, whether BYU needs to do it. Uh, 26 touchdowns total, passing and rushing, three giveaways. I mean, are we going to talk about, and you, you mentioned it, are we going to talk about this as a top five quarterback season in BYU history? Absolutely. Absolutely. As long as he doesn't melt down. But as, if he continues what he's doing, yes. And I think you saw it in, uh, I think it was the first drive, the throw on the right sideline to Gunnar Romney. The, it was vertical. It was deep. It was right near the goal line. The defender was right on Romney. I mean, seriously, his leg was in Romney's pants. He was that close. And yet that ball dropped in with inches to spare. And I think it traveled almost 40 yards in the air. So it was the kind of pass that had to be accurate. And it was. And you compare that to completions that he has made like that, but where the defender was two steps behind, you think, yeah, well, the guy was wide open, but the ball dropped in the same spot. And so you get to see the accuracy when it has to be accurate. You saw the same thing with the touchdown on the right side, short touchdown pass to Isaac Rex. The defender was all over him. And that pass came in literally inches above where it had to come in to avoid what the defender could do. Rex reached up, caught the pass. We've seen uh, Wilson throw passes like that where the receiver was open. Okay, but the ball hit the same spot. And that's the important thing is that whether guys are covered or whether they're not, so far this season, what makes him great from an accuracy standpoint is that that ball is dropping in whether it has to be pinpoint or whether it doesn't. It's as if it had to. And his uh, completion percentage dipped a little bit in this game. Now on the season, 74.6. But listen, the dude's at like 75%. I'm not going to complain about one game where he throws 9 or 11 incompletions or whatever. The throw to Keanu Hill, by the way, was mentioned a lot by people, even though it wasn't caught as an, an incredible throw. Yeah, but, but, but Keanu Hill, to me, had one of my favorite plays of this game. And he wasn't a target. This was when there was pressure coming up the middle on a nice blitz, but they forgot to cover Lapini Katoa in the left flat. So Zach does what Zach does. He's okay. Here comes the pressure. I have a little bit of time. Where's my guy? He hits Katoa. Katoa ends up running a touchdown. Right. What I loved about that was that Keanu Hill was at the point of attack about 15 or 20 yards downfield and got a pancake. Nice. And what he did was he, <laughs> he hit the, 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 the defensive back, literally hit him in the mouth. And the guy just collapsed and just knocked down to the seat of his pants. It was just wonderful. But it's the way these receivers have been playing, whether it's going after a football or blocking for each other, that Keanu Hill play, he won't get a stat for that. But it was one of my favorite plays this whole game. That's fantastic when receivers are getting involved like that. Uh, Trevor, are your colleagues at ESPN talking to you about BYU more right now since they're in the top ten? Yes. Uh, but they've been talking about BYU for much of this season. They'll call me on the phone and ask me, so what's going on? What's it like to be there? Everything else. And then when I listen to them call the games, uh, it's, it's interesting to me because I, you know, I, I've called, I don't know, I've called lots of games. And I have heard other people call thousands and thousands of games. And the respect that they have when they talk about BYU is really interesting to me. I mean, they point out the excellence of the athletes. But there's a level of respect in their tone of voice and the way they talk about the way BYU goes about their business about the way BYU respects the game. And to me, that's what stands out more than anything else. So I'll talk to them about, you know, who to look for and why things happen that way and what is the missionary thing like and, and what about Zach and things like that. I'll talk to them about that. But ultimately, it comes down to jaded football players, jaded broadcasters who have seen and done pretty much everything there is to see and do. Look at BYU and go, wow, those guys are doing it right. 
And so far, so good. BYU at 7-0 at Boise State this week. Trevor, after this week, BYU will play two games and have four buys before December 20th Selection Sunday. Does BYU need to add a game just to stay in the conversation, or if they go undefeated, will 10-0 be good enough to get into a New Year's Six? It might. It will depend on what, what other things happen. We don't know what the Pac-12 is going to be right now. Uh, Penn State lost that one game uh, against Indiana in the opener, but then they played tight against Ohio State, and if they sweep the rest of the way, they're a name that the New Year's Six might want. Texas A&M is a team that has a good chance to finish as a one-loss SEC non-champ with 9-1 and one SEC schedule. They played 10 games this year instead of eight, and that'll create a lot of juice from a standpoint of, of the, the committee for New Year's Six. So there's a lot of competition out there for what BYU might be able to do to sneak into that. If they do add a game, well, that gives them a risk and reward, doesn't it? I mean, I was talking to Greg McElroy this morning. He's a former Alabama quarterback and now one of ESPN's star broadcasters. He's fantastic. And, and we were talking about the concept of BYU maybe adding a game against Cincinnati during one of those, uh, one of those weeks that are open for both. Because for both teams, it would be great. For Cincinnati, it would give them juice to get into the playoff if they're able to beat a highly ranked team like BYU. And if BYU were able to win, it gives them that same kind of juice. For Cincinnati, it's almost um, you know, something that doesn't have much risk because if they are still the highest ranked group of five champion, they still get an automatic bid to the New Year Six. So right now, it's not New Year Six that they're really thinking about. It is playoff. And they've already played a good schedule, Cincinnati, but adding a BYU, if they're able to win, that's a win over a team that you could expect will be very highly ranked, and that would give them incentive to schedule BYU if their conference will allow. We did see Nebraska get turned down by the Big Ten to add a game. Their game against Wisconsin was canceled for COVID reasons. Nebraska tried to add Chattanooga to fill that spot, and the Big Ten said, nope, we're not doing that. Nope, can't do it. So it's up to the American to decide if both parties want to do it. American Conference. But if they do, it's really intriguing that BYU could possibly add a game like that. Now, we're talking right now, hypothetically, if they don't get past Boise State, then the, the calculus changes a bit. Yes. But, but the idea is very interesting. Absolutely. Trevor, have a good week. Tell the people in the, uh, the residence center, wherever you're at, to fix that clock in the back. It's been broken for weeks. It's 847 every week. And we appreciate the you time. Know? Maybe that clock isn't broken. Maybe that's a number that's very important to you. <laughs> Perhaps Maybe it is. Broken. Thanks, Trevor. All right. We'll see you. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. 847. He's Desmond from Lost, just repeating the numbers constantly in the back. Yeah. Okay, coming up, uh, going after the magical season. What's preventing BYU from doing it? If what, anything at all. What is the line... Going in at Boise State, is BYU really a favorite? Should they be? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Wednesday night, look for this top shelf stuff from Michaela Coulihan and the game. Cameron Tucker on the BYU TV app is the ladies scrimmage for a second time. 8 Eastern on the app. Hey, thanks for covering for me there, Jerem, so I can go to Boise. Yep. I will be there, baby. This team's awesome, man. They're fun to watch. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Already feeling some nerves about that trip. <laughs> about the trip or the game? <laughs> the trip is around the game, so yeah. 
The trip, like going on a plane? Like you John Madden now? No, Mr. Technicality. Really? Well, what do you mean? You know what I mean. I don't know what you About mean. That's the why game. I'm asking you. The game. Oh, the game. The okay. game, yes. That was my first question. Here's Jeremiah. I'm Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Sounds like you have a shipping problem going to Boise. Today marks the nope. four-year anniversary of the Cubs breaking their 108-year World Series drought. Other than beating Utah, what's the BYU streak you want to end? There is no other streak I want to end for BYU than beating Utah. I can't even think of one, honestly. It's like the only streak that matters to me right now is Utah. So I, I don't know. Like uh, Maybe the West Coast Conference basketball tournament? That's a good one, yeah. Um, BYU's going to end the streak I'm bringing up. It's finishing a season rank. Okay. Um, 2011 in the coaches poll, but it was really 09 in the AP poll. I don't care about the coaches poll. So, yeah, that's going to end this year, which would be great. Regard- if BYU loses Friday, I still think BYU will finish ranked at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah I'm going to double down on that. Win a conference yeah. basketball tournament championship. That'd be nice if Gonzaga wasn't in the league. Speaking of which, CBS Sports College Basketball Insider John Rossi reports West Coast Conference presidents will discuss this week playing league games in a Las Vegas bubble. Is this really the only option? Um, might be because Portland can't practice right now, and California is uh, a mess with trying to get athletes on campus, let alone practicing and whatnot. So uh, it might be. I don't. What other options are there out there? Uh, take the risk and let teams travel and have no fans? Well, the states aren't allowing that. California, specifically. Right. Seven of the ten teams in the league. So, yeah. What what other options are there? Play if, all of the, the games. If the state doesn't let them, then they're going to have to bubble, it sounds like. Can you play the games in <laughs> Washington? Come play them in the Marriott Center. In the Marriott Center? Well, if they're going to play anywhere, it'd be Vegas. Just cheaper hotels. Only. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I get and not, it. And not far. It's not like Vegas doesn't want the uh, business, right? Right. The company. They always hotel want rooms filled. the business. Okay. Okay, both Gunnar Romney and Zane Anderson left the Western Kentucky game uh, early. Didn't play in the second half. Romney's injury was precautionary. Anderson was in a uh, boot and had crutches during the second half on the sideline. Which player do you have more concern about? Based on what Kalani Satake told me, I have more concern about Zane Anderson. He's the one that's really questionable for Boise State. That's why I straight up asked after the game, what's the deal here? And he said... Gunner, look, we, we need him for next week. Hold him out of halftime. Like, we need him good, and he'll be good to go. Zane is the big question mark. So I clearly have more concern for Zane, who's already dealt with a rash of injuries. Yeah, Gunner's was precautionary. He didn't he didn't get hurt and then come out. It was – and Gunner's thing is he doesn't take himself out, by the way. He just wants to play every play. So I respect that. BYU's thin at free safety. Jared Capisi came in on that same drive. He was pulled out, and Hayden Livingston was put in on the first drive. So that's a little concerning. Uh, I've talked to some people uh, that say, hey, that's where BYU's thinnest. And I thought, oh, yeah, I agree with them. All right. Speaking of injuries, Boise State without quarterback Hank Bachmeyer and safety J.L. Skinner against Air Force and now star defensive end, and he is a stud. Dimitri Washington left the game in the second quarter. How will the Broncos potentially not having multiple star players impact expectations for what BYU does? And add that uh, defensive tackle scale uh, Igehan also came out. So three defensive starters, not to mention the battery of Hank Bachmeyer, although Jack Sears looked really good. Um, and then they have they have some ballers. Uh, Andrew Van Buren played really well at running back, so uh, lost to not have George Holani, but... Listen, th- those are some injuries. BYU has its own injuries. Chris Wilcox didn't play. Kavik Fonua, Keenan Peely. We just talked about uh, Gunnar Romney and Zane Anderson. So, listen, both sides are dealing with this. Uh, hopefully, BYU is all right. Air Force ran for 400-plus yards against Boise State. 
400 plus. It didn't matter. Because I gave up too many points. Yeah, but BYU's defense greater than Air Force defense, at least in my opinion, having seen what I've seen. So my expectations are that BYU should be able to run the ball more so than they had against, uh, I don't know, the other best team they played, Houston. Like BYU should be able to maintain some some physicality up front. So that, that's how it affects my expectations. In some circles, BYU opened as an underdog as much as two points. Now BYU is a two-point favorite, a swing of four. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right based on what we talked about just a moment ago. Boise State, unknown whether or not they're going to have their starting quarterback. Multiple star players. Wasn't an issue. Might be out. Again, who they're who they're playing though? Who are they playing? And I think BYU's, you know, accustomed to playing with no fans. They're just further into the season. I, I like where BYU is the two point favorite. Yeah, I, I think it's just right, uh, just based on BYU playing seven, Boise State too. But I'm telling you, if the roles were reversed, Boise State would be the ninth ranked team. Like they would be what BYU is. So it's a good it's a good matchup. It's a good. Ma- I'm looking forward to this boxing match, if you will. Is it enough to propel BYU to heights that? Not even you and I imagined in the college football playoff. Paul, we'll talk about that in just a moment. The answer's no. Pollology. <laughs> BYU number nine in the AP and number nine in the coaches poll. Sorry, sports information directors poll, Jerem. Football power index of ESPN. BYU at number 17. The S&P Plus from Bill Connolly, number 10. And the Sagarin ratings, number six. How about that? A lot of people put the most stock into the Sagarin ratings. And the Cougars are at number six. Boise State at number nine. This is presented by Delta Airlines Keep Climbing. Pullology. We're going to be doing this every week, I think. Uh, pretty fun to see BYU so high up. FPI. So BYU just moves up one. I'm interested to see how far BYU could move up in the FPI of ESPN if uh, BYU wins Friday. Like, could they get into the top 12? Like, how much would this win mean for BYU in that? But, uh, yeah, the, the poll that will matter doesn't come out for 22 days. It is the college football playoff rankings. That is what they will use to decide who actually gets into what bowl games at the end of the year. So that comes out in 22 days. BYU wins, and then they, of course, will beat North Alabama live on BYU TV. Now we're talking. Because BYU has yet to be ranked a single week in that poll, but they will be in that poll. That streak will end as well. That streak will end as well. Thank goodness for just the weirdness and BYU is taking advantage of. Although I'm not grateful for the weirdness as it pertains to life. I am grateful for it as it pertains to Cougar football. Sure. Coming up, a prop picks recap. And why not BYU for the college football playoff? Specifically, why not now? When is it feasible if not in 2020? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. How does BYU take down Boise uh, State on the blue for the first time ever? Greg Rebell will chat with Kalani Sataki tomorrow night on the show, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. Let's ask the question, and I composed the following tweet and multiple questions yesterday. To quote that tweet, if not now... 7-0, 7-0, ranked number nine, a top 25 showdown at Boise State on Friday night. Pro quarterback talent in Zach Wilson 2020 is just bonkers overall. When does BYU football making the college football playoff become feasible? Bill Connolly of ESPN brought up the biggest obstacle standing in the way of BYU making the college football playoff. He says 
if the SEC and Big Ten produce only one team with one or fewer losses, and if the Pac-12 doesn't produce an unbeaten champion, it wouldn't be crazy, even with the committee's obvious preferences, if one of these teams, Cincinnati BYU, cracked the top four or came very close, and it would be justifiable, too, if they keep playing as they have been, end quote. Jerem, if What's not, your? I want to know your opinion first. Oh, you want me to share my opinion? Yeah. You're the one that brought it up. I am going to double down on the fact that I think BYU could climb as high as number five in the polls going into conference championship Saturday on December 19th or whatever it is. For most leagues. Based on who has to play who leading up to that game. And if BYU beats Boise State and gets a ranked win on the road with all of the attention on that game this week, I feel like that will sustain the Cougars through a potential long layoff. It will nourish and strengthen them. Until they play San Diego State on December 12th. And I hope San Diego State's undefeated too. And maybe they sneak in the backside of the top 25 right at 24-25. That'd, that'd be, be nice. That'd be really nice. That'd be really nice yeah. on December 12th because then you just add more merit to BYU's schedule. And they're being talked about some more while the other teams are playing meaningful games. That said, I look at everybody above BYU. Hey, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, Bill's right. Those three teams got to win. Like, and, be undefeated. For BYU, hopefully they do. Dominate. Yeah. Dominate. One, win, two, three, just the take table. the top three spots. Yep. Like Clemson beat Notre Dame this weekend. It needs to happen. Without Trevor Lawrence. On the road. Hopefully Dabo's got him ready mentally after the scare they had against yeah, Boston College. Notre Dame does not show up for big games. They just don't. Okay, so number four, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to lose a game, whether it's oh, this Saturday, yeah. if not multiple, Jeremy. I'm yeah. just not, I'm not bought in on Notre Dame. I don't buy in on, I haven't been bought on Notre Dame like ever since the 20s. Right. Four horsemen walking through this door. Number five, Georgia plays number eight, Florida this weekend. Yeah, that's a division title game. Georgia's going to win that game. I don't think Florida has the horses to compete with Georgia up front. So down goes one of those teams. Number six is Cincinnati. They play UCF in two weeks in Orlando. I think UCF might win that game. There's a great probability there. How about Texas A&M? Oh, man, they're above BYU. They're four. They have a loss. Texas A&M is not going to win the SEC. They got to go to Tennessee. They got to go to Auburn to close out the regular season. And depending on how things shake out, if they're in the – well, they couldn't be. They couldn't be in the SEC championship because they, they lost not, Alabama. They will not be. They're not, not going to play in their conference championship. Right. Trevor mentioned as much. Could right. be a 9-1 non-championship team. So 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 are all going to have losses, Jerem. All of them. Well, this is every year. There aren't that right. many undefeated teams, if any at all, at times, right? And I'm looking at the teams behind BYU. Oh, they might get jumped. Uh, Indiana's number 13. That was me on my mission in Brazil. Indiana's number 13. They play number 23, Michigan, this Saturday. Yeah. I think Michigan's going to win that game. So, see you later, Indiana. Yeah. There's not as much heat coming from the lower side of the rankings as I anticipated there would be. And it's early. Typically, this is late, but it's early. We still have six or seven weeks left in the season. To me, I think like, BYU, It's like because, the midway point for a lot of teams. Because they got the head start that you've talked about so much on this. Because they had the head start and they're already where they are. BYU's going to coast to the finish, though. That's the issue we've talked about. Not, not with Boise State? No, no, no. After this week, BYU plays two games and has four buys. And That's we the coast. We don't I'm know. Then, then we'll address whether or not it BYU is, adds a game. It is as 
It is what it is right now. And Until San Diego BYU State adds is a, a good game, team. They haven't added a game. We'll find out if San Diego State is a good team. What if they're ranked? Then all of a sudden that game has national relevance. Right. And that's going to be the exception if that happens at all. So here, I don't think that a playoff spot is just in the cards. And what you say is super valid, all of it. My issue is it's not built to even allow all the Power 5 leagues, let alone outsiders. That's the issue. It's actually made for Alabama to be in it. Clemson to be in it, Ohio State to They're be all going to be in it. And then in a typical year, they're like, Notre Dame, if you're undefeated, you will be in it. But it's not a typical because year. because they're in the ACC, no. Cincinnati could wreck BYU's opportunity here if there really was one. Because if both BYU and Cincinnati are undefeated, Cincinnati will be ranked higher than BYU. They will. Because their schedule's tougher. And they have street cred from the last couple of years. They've been in a position where they've been in the top 20 and they've been good in, a, in the best of the rest league. The Mountain West used to be a really, really good league. And then the good teams left. BYU left, Utah left, TCU left, Boise State came in, and now they've won a couple of conference championships. Yeah, I, I really hope that BYU has a shot at this because it's being incredible. Listen, I hope that on December 21st when we do the show, we're shaving my head. Like that, I, that would be incredible for BYU in the college football playoff. But the New Year's Six is probably the reality. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But typically it shakes out in a way that does not include outsiders. It's, a, it's an exclusive club. BYU doesn't have access into it. They just don't. Maybe BYU sneaks in the back door when no one's looking. But the, BYU cannot just walk in there. It's not built for that. Hopefully BYU wins all the games and they're in the conversation. And we go, hey, that's pretty cool. And BYU got to the Fiesta Bowl. And now they're playing a Penn State or whatever. That would be incredible. And, and by the way, this is the only year where I believe BYU can do this. The way BYU schedules, they, bear, they rarely, if ever, come out of uh, September undefeated, let alone a season. So this is the season to do it. I don't see this ever happening again, where BYU's in this position this late in a season. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. It's going to be fun to watch what everybody does, all the teams that are ranked in a better position than BYU do over the next few weeks. Cincinnati's got to play UCF. And, and how the schedule is attacked or not. And like, will BYU the, still be? There'll come a point where BYU doesn't really climb much. They'll just kind right. of be where they're at. When they get to number yeah. five. When yeah. they get to number five. That'd be nice. Okay, coming up, BYU players handing out a Book of Mormon after the game. will tell the tale. Plus, Jason Shepard having another fantastic Monday, thanks to his Kansas City Chiefs and the latest prop pick results. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. There's a podcast. It's called BYU Sports Nation. You can Google that. Subscribe, rate, and review. Let's get to our prop picks results following BYU and Western Kentucky late Saturday night. Going into the weekend, Jason Shepard and Jerem Jordan had a... Two and three point lead over me, respectively. How does it shake out after? Number one, we asked over under six minutes into the first quarter before we hear the Zach Wilson, John Beck story, 10 hour drives to California. We all said over, and we were right. Of course, yeah. We told Beth to do it over. Just kidding. Over under one interception thrown by a quarterback in the game. It was only Zach Wilson that threw one. So you guessed push. I said over, Jason said under. So you get the point. One pick. It paid off. Finally. We didn't think it'd be from Zachary. My push, my push pick finally paid off. Your bush push. Number three, more Ryan Rico punts or Western Kentucky turnovers. <laughs> 
You and I both said Rico punts. Jason went with turnovers. That, too, was a push. One turnover by Western Kentucky. One Ryan Rico punt. Jason would have got that if Jackson Kafusi had picked off the pass, but he didn't. It was incomplete, and it was a turnover on down. Will BYU have more rushing or receiving touchdowns? It was receiving. Jerem said rushing? Yeah. Jerem said, I said rushing and receiving. How many was it again? Three, four, three, four to one? Three to two? Three to two, I think. Can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, Zach uh, Wilson had one. Tyler Algier had one. So yep. two. Number five, Tyler Algier will average more or less than his season average of 6.3 yards per carry as he went into Saturday. We both said more. Yep. And it, look, it looked good early. Until he get, got his uh, face mask ripped off, his helmet. Just, Come dude, on! Dude, is that like insta nose break? Just that direction? I mean, that's terrible. Jason picked less. It was 5.9, so he gets the point there. You and I have no points. Updated. I award you no points. May God, may God have mercy on your soul. Updated prop pick standings. Jason leading the way with 22. Jeremy, you and I are now tied at 19 apiece. We are both pathetically in second place. Here we, got we go. Some, we got some work to do. Yodes, let's go, man. All right, our question of the day. Number nine, BYU versus number 21, Boise State. Is the biggest game for BYU football since when? Our elite voice of the day in response presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Dan underscore Smith for BYU. And Smith. BYU's had some important games before, but none as important as this one. Short week, limited practice days, no win ever against Boise State on the Smurf turf, and the chance to potentially win out and play a New Year's Six bowl game in almost 25 years, probably the most important game ever. Yeah, and Cotton Bowl was the last, and you could argue only big game BYU's really played in, in a bowl game, right? The others were just whatevers, and BYU happened to be good. Okay, today's Rise Shout Out, presented by Mountain North Credit and guiding you forward. Uh, during the game, there was a uh, offensive lineman for West Kentucky who was asking about uh, the religion, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So what did Isaiah Fusi do? Grabbed a Book Mormon, said, Kyle Griffiths, come with me. Two by two, more powerful. Let's give this uh, guy a Book Mormon. Another teammate on West Kentucky came over. They took a picture. Jack DeMooney, thanks for the uh, post. They gave him a Book Mormon after the game. That's unbelievable. That's great. I love that. Well done, gentlemen. I highly recommend a certain book of 15 verses in it. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Bob Biddy, Coordinator's Corner up next on BYU TV app. Go Cougs. My name is Jeff.